From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Monday, August 16th. The long-awaited census data on population changes, housing, race, and ethnicity dropped last week. With this data in hand, that means Utah can finally kick off its redistricting process. This will involve a whirlwind of town hall meetings from now through October, as an independent redistricting committee gathers input to redraw the state's congressional and legislative boundaries. And Grand County will be asking for a change. Commission Chair Mary McGann. Well, we have been split in two, and I don't think it served us very well. It would be very hard to get someone from Grand County elected to a state office. That can't happen if we're split in half. And right now, Grand County is split. If you live on the west side of town, chances are your state representative is Carl Albrecht in District 70. But if you live near Spanish Valley Drive, your representative is likely Christine Watkins, District 69. Perhaps the most striking dividing line occurs in the Holyoke neighborhood, where your state representative changes depending if you live west or east of Duchesne Avenue. The current commission says they're tired of this. In a recent meeting, they pointed out that splitting communities in half is typically a sign of gerrymandering. That's when a political party or group manipulates the boundaries of electoral districts to their advantage. McGann says it undercuts local voting power. It's hard to get the re- legislator to really think that we're important because we just are a small part of their population. You know, mm-hmm. So we don't mean anything to them as far as being reelected. Grand's Commission will draft a letter to the State Redistricting Committee asking to keep the community whole and possibly be grouped with San Juan County. The state's Independent Redistricting Committee begins a series of town hall meetings this week. Moab's local meeting is currently scheduled for Wednesday, October 6th at 6 p.m. at the Grand Center. As we mentioned at the top, the state's redistricting process is linked to the recent release of U.S. Census Bureau data. That data found Utah has the fastest growing adult population in the nation at over 22 percent growth. The biggest concentration of that growth is around Heber City and Midway in northern Utah. There, Wasatch County experienced a nearly 48 percent population change from 2010 to 2020. Washington County, at the southwest corner of the state, also experienced some of the biggest growth in Utah. The St. George area saw a 30% population increase. And Grand County? Not nearly as high. But Grand did experience a 4.8% population increase. That means, according to the census, there are about 9,700 people in our local area. Although Grand's population increase is not like the booms in other areas of our state, it is still notable. That's because, according to census data, neighboring Emory, Carbon, and San Juan counties all experienced slight population decreases from 2010 to 2020. The preliminary census data is available at census.gov. Find links in the show notes of today's news on our website and podcast. The Colorado River is grappling with shortages this year, but it was a very different story nearly 30 years ago. High flows coming through a dam just upstream of the Grand Canyon were ripping it apart. Inside Climate News reporter Judy Fays rode down the canyon then as part of a floating press tour. She recently revisited the canyon and found that the park is still facing water challenges. 
They're just different ones now. Riding a rubber raft down the boisterous Colorado River rapids made the floating press conference fun. But fast-moving water from the Glen Canyon Dam was actually the problem back then. Water shooting through the turbines was wrecking the river environment. What we're trying to do is to figure out how do the operations of the dam impact this? Are there thresholds in dam operation where we tend to accelerate erosion of these beaches? And are there thresholds where we might tend to start to rebuild some of these beaches? Dave Wegner led scientific studies of the dam's impacts for the U.S. Bureau of Reclamation back in 1990. Longtime NPR reporter Howard Burkus was on that trip too, and he gathered this audio. What's happening now is we're seeing the water come up. A stick planted in the sand on the river's edge during lunchtime showed how radically the river rose and fell, two feet in an hour, up to 13 in a day. Underwater. The stick is underwater. Wigner was illustrating what happened every time dam operators released extra water through the hydroelectric turbines. We're releasing more water at Glen Canyon Dam in response to electrical demand in the power grid. The water blasts were chewing up the sandy beaches that rafters used. They upended wildlife habitat and aquatic life. And the frigid fluctuations put endangered species at risk, like the humpback chub, which is a fish that likes warm water. New laws and policies followed the floating press conference in 1990. Scientific research prompted federal agencies to operate the dam with the environment in mind. Humpback chub are on the rebound, camping beaches are rebuilding. We can see what effect those changes over a couple of decades have been having and how the ecosystem is responding. Scott Vanderkoy of the U.S. Geological Survey oversees Grand Canyon Science Now. He says studying the Colorado River's most iconic reach is still important after two decades of drought and climate change. There's a sense of urgency there in trying to understand what is happening and how quickly and how much things will change. The reason for continuing the research became clear this spring. I returned to the Grand Canyon to see how it's facing the problem of too little water. Springs weren't gushing the way they used to. Cactuses were shriveling. You're pointing at the cactus. Yeah, you know you're dealing with a drought when you're seeing desert plants falling over for lack of water. USGS researcher Helen Fairley was documenting changes in beaches and vegetation this spring when I ran into her in the canyon. She's been doing field work in the Grand Canyon for decades. And like me, she found it odd how bighorn sheep were flocking to the riverbanks in spring. Generally, they don't come down until uh, late summer, fall, when the water sources up high dry out. I told her how a bighorn had glared down at our camp from a rocky ridge one night, as if we'd elbowed its hungry family away from the dinner buffet. Well, this year, apparently, they don't have water up high, and that's why we're getting so many sheep down along the river at this time of year, which is really unusual. Water became a preoccupation for us, too. It was hotter and drier than usual, and our five-gallon water jugs ran out surprisingly fast. We spent lots of time planning how to refill them. A few times, we pumped river water so we'd have something to drink. About 40 million people rely on Colorado River water. Flows have been declining over two decades, and climate change is speeding up evaporation. The river is more than just a water supply for the region's cities and farms. Researcher Helen Fairley says we should remember it supports ecosystems, too. Future policy ought to reflect that. Hopefully, there's ways to do it smartly and strategically that won't create additional environmental devastation in the process. 30 years ago, 
Lake Powell just upstream of the canyon was full. Now it's two-thirds empty. And what the people who rely on the Colorado River are realizing is that too much water is an easier problem to solve than too little. I'm Judy Faze. This story was produced from recordings made by retired NPR reporter Howard Burks. It is part of ongoing coverage of Water in the West in collaboration with Inside Climate News and public radio station KUNC. And that's the KZMU News for Monday, August 16th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.